Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale. Order fulfilled and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Ah, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast, the Coach Steve Show. I changed my name again from the Sideline Podcast to Coach Steve Show. I wanted to open it up to everything, not just football. It could be anything. I have the man, the myth, the legend behind Chief Pigskin, our favorite YouTube channel, Coach Nate Allball. Coach, thank you so much for coming to do my lonely podcast. Oh man, it's a it's a pleasure for me. I mean, you've been around and been a supporter of uh, Chief Pigskin for a long time. So uh, over over time, I've learned to just I, I just want to get involved and in, in, uh, be able to hang out with everybody. And and as soon as you started one, I was, you were doing some Twitch stream the other night, and I wanted to stop by just on that. Like you know, um, we don't have a, a massive following, but but we got a handful of guys that follow us. So always want to be willing to help those guys out in return. So I should be thanking you for all your support of what we've been doing over the years. Well, I remember when it first came out, I got on it right away. And I remember I sent a picture out. I was like, oh, this is what this is like, coffee. And a, and I think it was a Coach Joseph's on the TV. I was like, oh, look, here we go. Yeah, that was back in the day. That was, what, 2016 or 17 when you did yeah. that, I think? Yeah. Maybe, yeah. I mean, honestly, the first time I was with Joseph's might have been like 13 or 14. Oh, yeah, but like the Chief Pigskin Clinic stuff, I think, was okay. when you first did it. Yep, that would it have was, been about eight, 17, 18. That was like a birthday gift. My mom bought the pass and was like, here you go. Okay. I, I worked third shift. So I woke up I turned on the my computer and I was like, oh, here we go. And I was like, oh, this is the new life. Like this is happening. And <laughs> um, and you also coach at Unity, which people don't know if they ever never watched your stuff. Unity's by Champ outside of Champaign-Urbana in Illinois. They're a powerhouse. So how did you end up at Unity? Because that's a winning program. That's Everybody in Illinois knows about Unity, I think. Even up here in the suburbs, I think they've heard yeah, about it. Yeah, I mean, they've played in uh, five state title games since the, since 2000, I think, and a Hall of Fame coach. I mean, he's still coaching, but he's already in the Hall of Fame. You know, mm -hmm. I know they don't do that too often, but they put him in the Hall of Fame. He's been there for a long time. And, uh, you know, I got out at Champaign Central for a variety of reasons. There were some – some, uh, but for the most part, it was that I really wanted – to really try Chief Pigskin. That was one big piece of the puzzle. And the other big piece of the puzzle was that I had a son come into high school. And uh, after a lot of evaluation, I just decided that I didn't want him at uh, Central. And, and uh, I, thought was, I mean, there's a lot of great people there and, and a lot, they're doing a lot of great things. But at the, at, when it really came down to it, we decided we didn't want uh, our kids there. And it wasn't all about my son. He just happened to be the oldest and the first one getting to high school. And uh, as we looked in our area, which my wife wanted to stay in the area, she's got a, a really good little business going here. 
we look around and not just unity looked like the best place. It's a, it was a, it's a great community. And uh, I knew that I would be able to take a step back and let my son honestly play for someone else. Uh, but yet I still wanted to be around. I want to learn. And you know, I thought if I'm going to get out ahead being a head coach, I'd like to still be able to learn and be let. And so I reached out to the guy here, his name's Scott Hamilton, like I said, Hall of Fame coach and basically said, hey, will you let me hang around, you know, and, and he was willing to let me hang around. I think he didn't really know what to think at first. He knew I was a head coach from right down the street. But, you know, I was also the dad of someone that was coming into his program. Um, so I think he, he slowly opened the door and let me come in and I uh, was able to kind of win his trust. And uh, and I got a teaching job there at the same building he's in here there in Unity. Uh, it, actually, the name of the town is Tolono. Mm-hmm. Um so we became colleagues and, and, uh, and, you know, and now we've got a good relationship and, and, and I'm able to help out. And I'm a, I really focus mostly on the defensive secondary, uh, but I've got a really small role. Yeah, it's a nice change of pace. I'm trying hard to enjoy it for what it is. No doubt about it. I miss a lot of what being in the head guy had. I miss a lot of that, but there's so many advantages too to being assistant that I had long since forgotten. And I'm starting to really learn how to enjoy those. And I'm trying hard to enjoy them, you know. So that's kind of how we ended up over at Unity. But it is this real special program. And honestly, you know, my son's a wrestler, too. And our wrestling program just got third in the state last year. Um, it's it just great. My, my daughter's a cross-country runner. The cross-country team's dynamite. Again, winning state trophies. So it's just one of those towns mm-hmm. that just does everything well. And uh, it's pretty cool to be a part of. Yeah, Coach Patton is the wrestling coach. Right. I played football against him at Bismarck. We went to Eastern together, so we know each other very well. And he coached wrestling at Hoopston and Bismarck there a little bit. And then all right. I see him all over Unity. Like, he's got that wrestling thing going. Yeah. He's a good wrestling coach. Um, And then I've only been in Unity twice. I went there in high school to watch a playoff game, and this is how I knew Unity was a different level. They lost the game 7-6. to six. They went for two because their field goal kicker missed three field goals. And I'll never forget, me and my friend were watching it. They lost the game because they went for two, mm-hmm. and they lost. I've never seen fans so mad. They threw stuff at Coach Hamilton. They were throwing water bottles at the team and throwing it at him, calling him an idiot and this and that. And I looked at my friend Brad, and I was like, we got to go now. <laughs> and I said, this is a different level. It doesn't happen at Oakwood and all that. It was, this is different. They just want to win. They love it. They love it. And the kids come up, you know, I'm at the junior high. I teach at the junior high and kids want to be a part of it. It's pretty cool. You know, and again, that's something that takes a lot of time to develop and they've, they've developed that here and uh, the kids want to play and, and we, most of your stud athletes play, you know, and I've been, I've coached at a lot of schools and it's hard. It's hard to get to that. It is hard. Uh, but it makes a big difference. And so, but that, you know what, that goes way deeper than just the head coach. Like he's done a lot to make that happen. Don't get me wrong, but that's one of those things where all your athletes really want to play. That's like, that's deep in the community. You know, that's not just a football coach. There's a lot going on in your community. I mean, that goes all the way up to your superintendent and they love it here. They love sports here. They love it and they invest in it. And there's no secret that they're going to pump money into their facilities and our athletics. And I mean, it's no secret. And mm-hmm. sure enough, it, you know, success seems to follow. Didn't you guys just get a turf field too? And Oh yeah. Turf, turf field. I mean, probably the most gorgeous wrestling room I've seen is an entire dedicated wrestling building complete with its own locker rooms, uh, coaches rooms. It's, it's, it's gorgeous. So it, it's really nice. It really is. If, and, and here's the thing. I've, I've traveled a lot. You know, I've seen a lot of incredible facilities, high school-wise. We're still a small school in the middle of America. You know, it's 500 kids, six, five, 600 kids. So it's not like we have, you know, there's a lot of suburban schools that have us. But for where we are, it stands out. And then I, I grew up in Fifi, and so I just traveled. I probably shouldn't be saying this. I traveled to my parents' house for Thanksgiving. I know people don't want to hear that, but <laughs> I didn't go anywhere for five or six days before that. My mom works from home and it was just like, we're we're safe. We're fine. I drove by St. Joe and I made a comment. I said, they're going to get turf field now because Unity got it. St. Joe ain't far behind. They, they are they not far like behind. Be, yeah, that's big rivalry. They don't like uh, not having. If Unity has it, they want it. And I'm well, sure it would, it's a two-way street, though. We would be the same way. Well, I, I said the same thing. Matt Toon is getting turf. They got some grant. 
So they're getting new turf and new track. So I said Charleston won't be far behind. Yeah, uh, the same way. You're right. Now I hate turf. Perfect. Perf- personally, I hate it. But there are some advantages. It is nice to practice on. I'll tell you that. I was gonna say I, I don't mind grass until it rains. When it rains, I'm like, oh, I like the turf. <laughs> the turf is actually almost more slippery than. I just grass hate tackling on turf. It hurts. Yeah. Like I hate playing the game on turf. I practice. I'm fine because you never go to the ground anyway. But in a game, man, I just you know all my kids with all these burns and everything, and I just think I just you know I miss that coming up with mud in my face mask type thing. You know, now I don't play anymore, but I miss that. I miss that type of feel. You know, but it, you know it is what it is. I'm getting old, and I get accused of being old school, and <laughs> I miss it. Well, like at Addison, we have two turf fields. You have a practice field. And it's connected to the softball field. And then you have the game field, yep. which is turf. That's that suburban life right there. Well, that's the only one I've seen. Uh, Lombard East had a turf field, but it, they don't own it. The park district owns it. So that's kind of what happens sometimes is yeah. the park district might say, we'll pay half. You pay the other half. And they technically own it. So I remember leaving practice and the and the park district's coming on as we leave mm-hmm. when I was at Lombard East. But everybody up here has turf. Oh, everybody. Yeah. I don't oh, think a the only team we might play that doesn't have turf this year is I have, we have played Lombard West this year. Unfortunately for us, that's going to be awful. They're, they don't have turf. Don't no, they're actually their practice field is turf. Okay, their game field is not. See, I've never been there. I've been to the district office, which is right by it. When I had when I got hired at Lombard East, but I've yeah. never went there. So we're supposed to play them, but it's a gorgeous school but it's not like gorgeous in the new way it's very old like as a, a old classical look to it sat there on the hill that's why they're the hilltoppers but you know it's cool it's cool yeah and then like elmhurst just got new see i understand this elmhurst had turf and it wasn't old they just got brand new turf hey when you got the money you, you know you got to spend it on something you should see i've been in elmhurst in york a couple of times they just got brand new athletic facility like half the building is athletics Brand new weight room, this and that. Nico Valley just walked into. I, he goes, "Yeah, that's the freshman uh, wing." And I'm like, "What are you talking about a wing? Like, I don't understand that." Uh, and then he's like, "Yeah, this is the athletic side. So when we start basketball, come in this door. This is the athletic side. I don't even care about the rest of the school." And I was like, "Okay." And then they have 35 basketball hoops, 36 something like that. Wow! Like three basketball courts connected. You walk through another door and they have this old school basketball court back there with two courts. And I'm like, oh, this is what big time schools look like. Yeah. I mean, these suburban school and my first introduction, you know, I was from a, I'm from a small school like you were. Um, and I was a junior in high school and I started traveling to do more wrestling. I was getting pretty good. And you start, you know, you do once you start getting to a certain level, you start doing some traveling. So I went to was up in the suburbs and at New Trier High School. I'll never forget mm-hmm. it. And uh, when we walked in, they gave us some sheet of paper with a little map, and it showed that we were wrestling in the badminton gym. And I said, well, how many gyms do you have? And the girl looked at me like she, like I was crazy. She's like, I don't know, 15 or 20. And I was like, what? Uh, you know, and maybe my math's wrong. Maybe it was like between 10 and 15. All I know is we wrestled in the badminton gym, and I, just, I was blown away. I was blown away, right? So, you know, as much as I've gotten around, there's a huge piece of suburban football, Chicago suburban football. I haven't touched yet and athletics and I need to get to it eventually because there's, you know, those school, you know, it is, it's, it's big time schools and big time facilities, major operations there. Now, did you go to Monticello? I did. Where you went to school? Okay. And then you got, I'm answering your questions for you. I think from watching all the videos, <laughs> I think, didn't you say you got into coaching from your dad? He coached at Monticello. Yeah, long, lifelong coach. You know, I, and once I went into teaching, I knew I'm, I'm going to coach. I mean, that's really the only reason why I would teach, which I know sounds bad, but it is what it is. I mean, I'm, I, I teach and I enjoy it, but I really just enjoy being a part of a school. You know, mm-hmm. and people are, are um, I've said things like that. You know, I'm a certified art teacher, but I've also taught some Spanish. Like, what do you like to teach? And I'm like, I, I, it, all, it makes no difference to me. I love being in the school. Um, I don't have a passion about art or a passion about Spanish or English or math, but I can teach them all and I'll happily teach them all. And I, I enjoy teaching because I love, I love being a part of a school. So 
Uh, that really is what it came down to for me. And, and yeah, I grew up in a school with all my, at one point, my entire fam, I had uh, myself, my dad, my mom, and my older sister all worked in the same school building. Oh, wow. When I was a pup. Yep. When I was first teaching. But that was a fun Thanksgiving after <laughs> that. <laughs> well, we, were, we had to go somewhere else to get away from each other. <laughs> I actually shared an office with my older sister. Oh, yeah, she's probably like, I'm doing Thanksgiving by myself. I'll see you tomorrow. Like, yeah. I'm not going to go hang out. Um, when you were talking about the mud, we talked about this on your YouTube. So I'm going to bring it up. I remember you were the head coach at Milford. My senior year, that mud bowl, I'll never forget. Now, it wasn't the worst mud bowl I've been a part of. It was the year before at Petersburg Porta, our playoff game. Um, everybody doesn't know, Coach Allball was the head coach at Milford. I went to Oakwood. Now, I know Coach looks like he's 32, but he was the head coach when I was a senior, and they beat us by one point. And you did a great job turning that around because I can still – I remember I'm losing my mind. I'm losing bits and pieces of high school because I just turned 30, so I'm losing bits and pieces. Yeah. I remember we beat Milford. I don't know if you were there my junior year. That been 2007. No. So we beat them 48 to nothing, I think. I didn't play the second half, if that tells you anything. Just not to make fun of Milford. It was just, it, it's just what it was. That's what Milford yeah. was known. Yeah. And I remember the next year, we were beating Hoopston 50 to nothing or something. Someone comes over to us and says, hey, do you want to hear the score of the Salt Fork-Milford game? And we're thinking, no offense, like it's going to be some type of blow. Because that was Salt Fork's final four year. Yeah. They're like, it's still 0-0 or 7 nothing, And we were like, what? And then it was like 14 nothing, and that was it. Like, And I was like, we were like, what? And we're like, Milford is for real now. And then when we played you guys, you had some big boys mm -hmm. and this and that. And so how did you turn Milford around like that? It went from literally they didn't win a game, getting beat 48 nothing. Now you're competing with Salt Fork, 14 nothing. who went to the Final Four. Yeah, we were – and, man, we thought we had a real chance to get that one. You know, we, we uh, dropped the pass in the end zone, and they scored late to make it 14-0, but – Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. So in my coaching career, and especially over the last couple of years, I've certainly been humbled. Um, my last two years at Champaign Central, we I th honestly, I feel like we probably left two or three games on the table that I thought we could have won. And I took it really hard and this really humbled me. And since giving up being a head coach and, and just being an assistant, like I, I like I'm in I've been through it right now. I'm in really big season of humility. So I've learned a lot about about my own shortcomings because there was a time where I was like like a lot of us very confident right and um there's a lot of that confidence obviously I'd like to just get back and I just want some of it back uh because I think that confidence is a really handy tool to have but looking back on it I've made a ton of mistakes as a coach you know I'm very human I'm very capable of uh, a lot of mis of of mistakes um when I look at co how I coach the game, I don't I think there's a high level of football that I'm that maybe doesn't even interest me that much of like getting to this super high level of mul multiple coverages and being able to stop high level offenses. But I have found that there's one little piece of this game and coaching that it, I might have a knack for and that it probably interests me the most. I really, really enjoy going to a place that hasn't had much success. And it's not that I'm going to turn them around, and make them some sort of world beater, but I have found that there's a little, I might have a little bit of a knack for stopping the bleeding. <laughs> and so that's all we did at Milford. Honestly, we had some good athletes and uh, we had, it was of course a good senior class that you got to have it to be good at all. So we had one, had one really great athlete. You got to have one of those to be pretty good. Uh, and that's all we did. We did zero things special. We just stopped the bleeding, and then we're, and then we're we're pretty simple as a whole. 
with a couple little pieces of flair built in, you know, offensive little trick here, a little trick there. Um, and so it, that, that's probably when, when people are like, how do you, because I have been to a couple places that were losing and we stopped losing. And again, I don't know if I truly turned any around, but we were able to stop that bleeding. And uh, again, a lot of things have to happen outside of myself to make that work. And we had some of those things, but yeah, it's just a focus. Like I've always said, before you can think about being good, you have to stop being bad. Mm-hmm. Like It's just not possible to go from being bad to good. There's a lot of steps in there. And um, I feel like sometimes, and it's never accurate or 100%, but sometimes a coach forgets about, I want to go from bad to great. Don't we all, right? Mm-hmm. But there's some steps that have to happen before you can be great. And that's that you have to stop being bad <laughs> and you have to stop making those mistakes and stop fumbling snaps and stop all those little things that make you bad at football. Cause it's not always, it's not really bad football teams aren't necessarily just bad kid, bad players. You know, usually you're not as talented, but there's a lot of steps in there that go into stopping that bleeding. So I think I have a lot to learn when it comes to playing up this game at a really high level. I have a lot to learn. Um, but I have been able to, with the help of the staff and the kids, been able to stop the bleeding at a couple places. And that's really all it was at Milford. It was stopping the bleeding combined with a couple pretty darn good athletes. Yeah. What was, I can't remember that kid's name. My senior year. Yes. Cause he was good at basketball too. Yep. When Milford had that carpet gym <laughs> court, I'll never forget that. My like sophomore year, I'm like, what is this? Yeah, that tell everybody that was my head first head job. If you want to be a head coach before the age of 30, you have to take a place that doesn't win. The weight room was about the size of my current bedroom and had one bench press and one squat rack. And uh, the basketball court, literally the varsity basketball car- court was covered in carpet. So that'll tell you uh, the type of job I wanted to take because I was so antsy and so impatient to be a head coach. Oh, it was like the old school YMCA court carpet thing for kids. That's what it reminded me of. And you talk about turf hurting. Imagine falling on that hurt. We didn't. We can imagine. We tried to take charges. It hurt. And then we stopped. And like, why aren't you taking charges? Coach, this hurts. This hurts more than the court. We're not going to do this. Because I thought Oakwood's court is kind of cool. It's the pit. But I thought it wasn't a good court. Then going to that, I was like, I'm not. I'm going to appreciate what we have now. Yeah, yeah. And then the press box was like the size of me, like oh, yeah. straight up. Now, while I was at Milford, we got that upgraded. And if you okay. see their stadium now, it's pretty sweet for a small school football, for a school of 200. It's a pretty sweet little stadium with a nice little press box. I haven't been there since helping coach at Oakwood. But like if you were a coach with a headset, you had to stand on your buses if you were the visitor. Oh, you had to crawl through the emergency exit and stay on the bus. We could just yell at the kids at that point. We were like – yeah. Not making fun of Milford, but it was, this is small town football to a T. It was like, oh, it was, it was. You they had to yell a long at way. And and when they they since going eight man football, they've got a lot of energy around their program right now. So they've come a long way. It's really cool. And and old Clint Schwartz is doing an incredible job there. He, you know, he and I, I uh, helped a little Christian school in my town start a football program a couple years ago, and um, I recommended eight man football to them, and they didn't want to. They thought I was crazy. But um, I knew that they had no business. <laughs> we had 17 kids we finally talked into coming out. So we went eight-man football. Man, Clint Schwartz outcoached my rear end, like, I mean, without a doubt. So Clint Schwartz is doing an incredible job at, at Milford. And uh, so big, big shout-out to him. I love what he's doing there. And he's bought into the community. And they're doing a great job. And it's just cool to see how, like, whatever your role from Milford of 200 kids that came from, like, just really the most – it, it was very, very podunk um, back in like the 90s. Not that they didn't still love their football and they loved their town, but the, like how far they've come because like a guy like Schwartz has just poured himself into the program. And, uh, you know, from schools like that all the way to schools like what you're talking about with Elmhurst, York. I mean, those kids love their experience. Right. Um, what was it like going from 11-man football? Because you were head coach champion Central, then you went to Judah Christian. I don't know if I could do 11-man football and then go down to eight-man football. That sounds re- like – I feel like I would lose my mind. I'd be like, we need this. Well, we don't have it because it's eight-man. <laughs> Was that a struggle to be like, I used to do this for years, now i got to do this? 
Yeah, it was a struggle, but it was, I was also at a unique time in my life. You know, I was, I was ready to take a break from coaching, you know, so I wasn't actually planning on coaching at all. And then this came up and they wanted me to start it. So it was honestly, it was kind of like a bonus from the start. I was like, well, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, it was, it was football. Mm-hmm. And as soon as the ball got kicked in the air for the first time, your competitive juices took over and you wanted to win. So there was certainly a lot of challenges. You're like, uh, this, nothing schematically is sound defensively. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Nothing defensively is sound in eight-man football. I don't know if it's the um, having an even number of defenders that's the problem. I don't know. So, something about it. Nothing is schematically sound. And so it's very frustrating defensively. Offensively is kind of easy. I've always felt like offensive football really isn't that hard. Um, defense hard. Hey guys, the Coach Steve Show podcast has recently started to work with the Unhinged Sports Network. Um, it's a 24-hour playing podcast with different podcasts on there. Great stuff. Any sport that you could think of, they play it 24-7. They have weekly episodes and just play them throughout the week so you can never, you never miss a show. And they are working with Fanatics.com. And, you know, Fanatics.com always has great deals during Black Friday. They had 70% off. Every single day, there's daily deals from 20, 30, 40, 60% off on your favorite team's gear. Any team you want, you can find on there. You, um, You went to Illinois State University, you can find it on there. Any college team, any pro team, you can find things on there. They have shirts, hoodies, hats mugs, different things that you could think of at fanatics.com. They have jerseys, uh, you know, so good. treat yourself to a $12 shirt. Treat yourself to a $25 hoodie. So what you need to do is click the link in the episode description or on social media. Go shop at fanatics.com. Every single day there's deals. So it changes all the time. Black Friday had 70% off. The other day there were 60% off. It changes anywhere from 14-hour window to a 24-hour window. So please, again, use the link in the episode descriptions. Please use the link on social media. Also, go check out Unhinged Sports Network. Go buy yourself something at Fanatics just to treat yourself, to buy a gift for somebody, birthday gift, anything. They have your sports gear. When your favorite sport comes back and you want to support your team, you become a fan of a new sports team, go treat yourself. So again, go to Fanatic. Use the link below in the episode description. Use the social media link at Fanatics. Treat yourself. And get yourself something nice for all the sports seasons that are coming back. Yeah, I when I was on your show, I talked a little bit. I was always offense at Oakwood, offensive line, defensive line. I went to Charleston. Coach Hogan was the head coach first year. He goes, what do you want to coach? I said, offense, offensive line. Two days later, you're going to be the JV defensive coach. You're going to be assistant to the varsity defense. And you're going to coach linebackers. So I had to learn very quickly how to coach defense. Went back to offense later on as the OC, and I said, I will never go back to being the defensive coordinator because I lost sleep. Even at JV, I was pulling my hair out. I think offense is so much easier to understand than defense because you have. I would rather focus on beating somebody than having to stop them. Now, I know defense, you can have that mindset of we're going to beat them, but with offenses today, it's almost like you have to stop them or slow them down instead of beat them. Yeah, you can't stop them. That's like, the thing. It's like it's it's like an unwinnable game. Def- defensive football is, whereas offense is winnable. Like we scored, we achieved our goal, and it's a realistic goal. Score, stopping people. It's like you can't win unless you shut them out. Which again, it's, it's rare to shut people out, especially this day and age. So like, no matter what you do, you don't ever feel like you actually won, right? And like, mm-hmm. uh, it, so it's just difficult. But I like it. I love. It. I, in fact, I love it. I love coaching defensive football. Um, people have asked me a lot, like, "Are you the offensive guy or defensive guy?" And I truly cannot answer that question. I cannot answer. I don't know. I, I love. I, I could get very excited about either side of the ball. I'm an offensive guy. I'll answer that for you right now. But if somebody came up to me and said, "I need a defensive coordinator," I'd figure it out. Like I would figure it out because yeah. coaching defense. I think Coach Hogan every day. I was a brat. I was like 23 years old or 22, whatever I was. I was like, no, it's got to be offense. I was a brat trying to learn this defense, trying to figure it out. Thank goodness I did because I understand offense way more now. 
I do love coaching defensive line. That's like one of my favorite positions to mm-hmm. coach. It's frustrating, but I also love it. But I don't know if I could ever be a defense coordinator again. It's just I went to a clinic and I listened to a guy. I think it was the high school was Notre Dame or something up in Michigan. It was a high school. He used to be a defensive coordinator, and then now he's the offensive coordinator again. He's the head coach. He goes, when I was a defense coordinator, every night I would go to bed at 3 a.m. because I'm pulling my hair out. I'm trying to figure out how to stop them. He goes, I'm offense coordinator. I'm in bed at 530. He's like, I don't have to worry about nothing. Yeah. And he goes, that's always why I have no hairs because I was a defense coordinator. <laughs> and uh, see, I lost my train of thought. I jumped down yeah, a rabbit hole. You're never, you're never in control when you uh, are coaching defense. That's the problem. You're never in control. Offensively, you're in control. Like it's your move. It's always your move. You know what I mean? Defensively, it's not your move ever. It's never your move. So you, it's right. never comfortable. You can never comfortable. You can never comfortably plan. You can speculate. You can't actually plan. So it's it's a pain in the butt. And I always said, you know how you make defense coordinators mad? You nickel and dime them. You take forever to score because the big plays you can fix. I always found if you nickel and dimed them, six-yard run or a four-yard run here, three-yard run here, hitch here, slant here, and you're marching down and you're scoring, they're getting mad because mm-hmm. they're like, how do we slow them down? If it's a big play, you can figure, figure that out, put a safety out there or whatever it is. And I said, that's why I don't like being a defensive guy. Now, offense, when I was offense coordinator, that was still frustrating. So they're both equally as frustrating. Um, Because I'm not an air raid guy or a run guy. I guess I'm right in the middle. Like when we played uh, uh, Muhammad Seymour, I threw the ball 40 sometimes. And I didn't realize it until Mm -hmm. after the game. The the newspaper guy came up to me and said that. He goes, you know, you threw the ball like 43 times. I said, no, I didn't. I went back and looked. I was like, oh. I did, but 12 are RPO, so I don't count that. <laughs> um, can you tell me what that play was you ran at Milford? I tweeted at you when they did it on college where you did that sugar huddle mm-hmm. and you had that H-back sniffer, quick snap, and just hand it to him and ran off. Can I tell you again, my high school career is fading. I remember that to this day. I, I just came out on defensive line. I'm watching it. I saw him hand the ball. I am screaming like, he has it, he has it, and you guys – Broke like a fifty yard run. So were you on the field for that one? No, I had just come off. So I, was, I could see it yeah. on the sideline. Like nobody saw. It. Yeah, we ran that really early in the game. That was good. That was to Koontz. Um, so yeah, I think it's still on YouTube. If you YouTube McCluster Fluster, I think it was a running back named McCluster, and he played for Ole Miss. And I saw it on a Saturday, and I thought. That's actually a nice little trick play and uh, put it in. It's been good to us. It's been good to us. We uh, we hurt Salt Fork that year with it. Um, I mean, we've been known to run it about two times a year ever since. And uh, it's a good little trick play. I think if you find McCluster Fluster, that would be the one. And you just – everybody lines up. Linemen are like standing next to each other, shoulder to shoulder. Your running back just kind of ducks down behind them. Quarterback takes the snap, runs right. Everybody runs right except for, like, those three linemen who still just stand there. And your guy that's crunched over behind them holds the ball for, like, a two count. One, two. And then he just goes the opposite way. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. There's usually not a lot of people left. I was on the sideline. I watched it happen. I'm screaming at them like, he's got the ball. He's got the ball. Well, by that time, he was already gone. 50-yard run in that mud was 
we could hardly catch him. We I remember fumble. We fumbled a ball and it fumbled like twenty yards, and everybody was going after it. Like that's how bad it was. It was yeah, it rained the whole night. Petersburg Port, and we went there the year before for the playoffs, was worse than that one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember. It rained Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday that year. We went down there on a Friday night. There was four puddles, like pool puddles. We were on our white jerseys. They were never white ever again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you get in a real mud bath, your white jerseys will not be white again, ever. And and they didn't allow a touchdown that whole year. We scored twice because people kept fumbling the ball, so we got close enough to score. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying we would have scored if it wasn't raining, but we took that. We were like, you know what? They haven't given up a touchdown all year, and we scored 14 points. Like We're going to take it no matter how you want to give it to us. But I remember you guys were famously massive that year. And now now I know you were one of those massive dudes. Yeah. You guys had some big dudes too. Like I know some of your players came up to me and they were like, damn, you're big. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you guys were famously big. It was like, how are Oakwood's kids so big? And now I know you were one of them. My senior year, I was 6'5". At the beginning of the football, I was 6'5", 300 pounds. Now, going into the summer, I was only 260. So I just, now a lot, some of it was water weight, but we just tried to pack it on. Mm-hmm. And then I went to foot, to basketball that year. I went down to 220. Just, wow. just gone. Because I hurt my knee. I hurt my back. I couldn't do squats. I couldn't do deadlifts. So I stopped lifting and it just went down. Now I wish I could go back down to 215. Yeah. Like I would love. Right. I know. If only it was still that easy. Yeah. I, we were big that year. We had, couple guys that were just big yes but slow (laughs) but you guys ran the power eye so it worked out right like if you're gonna run the power eye i call it the i call it it an inverse flex bone and coach general probably smack me upside the head if i call it that but it's true it was definitely power eye power eye option we ran it all Mm -hmm. uh and I coached in it too, and I love it. So, like, anytime somebody asks me about option, I can teach them right now. I still remember everything: painting the grass, dirt in the grass, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Open it up. Because I remember I was eight, 19 years old, and I jumped into coach quarterbacks because the coach wasn't there. I was like, "I'll do it," and I just started doing it. Like, yeah. well, this isn't hard. Gosh. Then the quarterback's like, "You're not getting hit when you pitch." <laughs> the ball. Um. So, did you run that play at Central too? Even though you're a wing T. Oh, yeah. little sneak ball? Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, now, I, we only had one really pop at, at my days at Central. But, uh, oh, yeah. We've run it pretty much everywhere. Uh, it's a good one. Everybody should look it up. I wrote it down. It's going to be – I'll look it up mm-hmm. after this. It's going to happen. Look it up. Um, I know I got to wrap it up here, so I'll slowly wrap it up. So how – you had Chief Pigskin, I think, before you did the online clinic. You were slowly doing things. Did you see the future of clinics? Did you know COVID was going to happen? And of course. Was it- of course. <laughs> I asked Joseph on the podcast because they're doing football still. And I'm like, you have the vaccine and you're just not sharing it with anybody. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? So how did you know or come up with like, I'm going to do an online clinic because this is kind of where we're going. Like you saw it coming. Well, in tw- honestly, in 20, 20- the, the problem is that I honestly, because probably just because I lack, uh, really seriously lack some business sense, or maybe it was that I lacked the finances to really kickstart what I was doing. Um, honestly, I probably dragged my feet too long because we, you know, we were only in all digital back in 2010. And um, even YouTube was fairly new back then. Yeah. But everything we did was digital. And I remember talking to my brother-in-law. He's kind of helped me. He helped me finance it and get it started. We just kept thinking, like, honestly, we really think DVDs will be obsolete. And when I remember having that conversation, we kept saying, I think DVDs will be obsolete. But this is 2010. Like, they were not obsolete yet. Mm-hmm. We were just really kept thinking, like, they're, look at the way everything's going, right? Like, we've got VHSs, now DVDs. And, like, as we're sitting there thinking about it, brainstorming, we just couldn't see a world where, like, DVDs weren't, like, what. If you could do this digitally, why would we ever have a DVD again? And so we made that decision way back in 2010. Like, we're going to, whatever we do, it's only going to be digital. 
we're not going to, cause we were making instructional videos like championship productions. Um, we're only going to do digital. And I remember we actually went through a couple steps in about 15, 16, right at the moment where I decided to go chief pigs and full go. And I actually, for about, I actually spent a couple bucks exploring, getting some DVDs made. And uh, again, it lasted like two weeks. And I was like, you know what? I just can't, I can't, I can't, man. This is, they're, they're obsolete. So I actually finally did the online clinic. Was I was a head football coach. I paid for the Glazier Pass. Our guys got out of school on a Friday. Um, you know, I had like 10 guys on my staff. We went to Glazier. Three of them had a great excuse. I got this. I'm coaching basketball. My wife's, what I, I don't, they all excuses. So I get a bunch of them there on a Friday. By Saturday morning, they've all got a better excuse to go home, mm-hmm. right? They're all about being there on Friday because we didn't have to go to school. But it's February now, and I'm all angry at my staff. And I'm like, listen, I already know they love our program. I know they're committed. I know they love football. But it's February, and I'm mad at them. Like, there's just – there's got to be a better way to do this. And that was when I decided – I'm like, all right took everything that I was doing and I thought I'm, I'm just pouring this into like a clinic model so that we can all have our clinic where we all go and hang out with other coaches. Cause it's fun. Maybe listen to a speaker or two and then we'll get our education separate from that. Right. So it's like, that's the goal chief figures going to be like that education piece so that you can go to clinics in person and just enjoy yourself and just hang out. All right. Like you might learn something, but might not necessarily be the priority. The priority might just be, some social time with your staff, which I think is incredibly important. Um, So that's kind of why we went that direction. And we're fortunate that we kind of had a head start when all this COVID stuff hit. Um, But, you know, again, I don't know, maybe I dropped the ball and I just went way too slow. I think somebody with enough money could surpass what we've done. Um, But who knows? It, It is a pretty cool project. And at this point I just keep it going because it's like, it's just like a really healthy hobby for me, right? Like some guys have golf, some guys have gambling, some guys have whatever it is. This has kind of just become my healthy hobby because it, it's a lot like coaching. Like I make a couple dollars out of it, but if you compared it to the hours, uh, not worth it, right? So it's just a really healthy hobby for me right now, I think. Yeah, and like I said, I was like, the, I might been like the fifth person to buy the pass, like for my birthday or whatever, and yeah, I had coffee and I was just watching it and I was like, this is nice. I don't have to drive to Cincinnati for that Glacier Clinic or right. we, went, we went to Cincinnati one year at Charleston. And, you know, you hung out, you went out and found hole in the wall bars or whatever. You know, people don't want to hear that. We were right by the Cincinnati Bengals Stadium and they had wings on the grill. That's how they made them. And I was like, oh, this is a game changer. Yes. This is another rabbit hole. I'm telling you, I'm remembering now. <laughs> um, but no, it's great. And then you did the the live stuff. I think you're doing it tonight or whatever the live stuff. Did that happen just because of COVID? Like you just needed to do something? No, I didn't. I was actually doing some a couple of live streams before that. Um, okay. I've just kept hearing that and reading that live, that if you're going to be a digital business, like live is so powerful. And I, and I was... Like once in a while, I got a buddy that paints houses. I'll paint a house for him in the summer, you know, make a couple extra bucks. And I'm listening to podcasts and I listen to marketing stuff. And I just kept hearing people talk about live. But I didn't have like a good way to do it. Like, you know, and I, like I really want to pay another personality to do it because but at the end of the day, like I'm the only coach I can afford right now. I mean, that's, and that's so that's why I was like, well, I guess I'm going to have to be in front of the camera because I get even though I get, I get, I love it and I get excited about it. I'm like, there are people that are better at this than me and I am sick of talking, but I can't afford anybody else. So like my options now are totally give up or keep doing it myself. So um, I just kept hearing live and I didn't know how to do it. And so, but what I've learned is it's like everything, like you just got to start and after time you'll get better at it and your format will get better and your interface will get better. And like, right. So like, if you look at some of my lives from a year ago, which there's one or two out there, like it's very, very raw. And even now my, my lives aren't like anything incredible, but you can see a difference, you know, like you can tell that I'm more comfortable. My microphone's better. My camera's better. The interface is better. There's a cool background. Like, and I think a lot of people might feel pressure to get all that, like 
when you first start, right? And and when you look at what I'm doing now, like the format kind of morphed. I really started going heavy lives this summer. And the the format of how I've done it has kind of grown and changed. And and now finally, six months later, I've I've landed on something that I that I think is is more comfortable and it's working. So, you know, but again, six more months, it could be a little different. It's just you kind of change as you go. But it was kind of an investment I made. I bought a good computer for live streaming, a good, powerful PC, and uh, just kind of made that commitment to do it. And honestly, at, at, at this point, this summer, it was like I'm sitting here with this $1,200 PC that I bought for live streaming. I, I need to live stream. <laughs> so it was like it was the money that held me accountable to doing it. But um, we have seen a good amount of growth since doing it. Um, it's a grind, but it is, it, it, there's there's a lot of being of live that's pretty cool. Yeah, me and my two friends do like us college football recap. Now we're gearing towards like an Illini sports talk because of basketball being back. And I try to do it live through the stream yard. And there's something about being live I like. Nobody's watching it, but it may be eventually one day. Mm-hmm. You do it Sunday mornings where I feel like nobody has anything to do or whatever. And um, and like you said, I didn't buy this microphone. It was another birthday gift. Thank God I did a podcast during a, my birthday, I guess. <laughs> but it's slowly. I have a webcam now, this microphone. I'm figuring out the audio stuff. Like you're right, it's slowly takes time does and i'm trying to figure out the software part now for the audio because i just take the audio from this and go which is not good but i don't care uh uh-huh. well i care but i don't want to spend the money to do it so it, you're right it takes time i'm not doing what you're doing i'm just doing a podcast i'm not doing the editing i'm not doing but you're right anybody that listens i just wants to do it do it i just did it yeah so, the thing. it's fun people love getting a chance to talk i think people have earned a chance to talk and uh, you can always get guests, uh, but it, it's like everything. You will get better and your format will change and every, everything about it will ebb and flow. And like, it, I was just like you, man, like all my equipment slowly got better and like my background slowly got cooler and cooler. Right. And it, it, I still have guys that are like, how did you do that background? Right. And I'm like, like, that's how that's a process. Like, it was like, that was just my office and that's how it developed over time. Right. And, you know, again, I'm getting older. That didn't, it wasn't just like, Hmm, how should I design this and bought all the pieces for it? Just kind of, uh, that's time. And actually I got the inspiration for my, for my office. If you ever come to my actual office in downtown Champaign, which is my office for like all things, chief pigskin and football. And like, that's like my story, my coaching story. I was, uh, I was early in my days of chief pigskin. I was traveling. I was in Detroit, Michigan at, Oh no, I can't remember that brother rice, brother rice, legendary coach, Al Fracasa there 75 at the time when I interviewed him and I was in his office and his office. And he said, let, let me show you my office. And I was holding the camera and the camera was huge back then. I mean, it's like, you know, now it's my cell phone, but back in the day, it was like this massive camera cost me way more than a cell phone. <laughs> um, so I'm filming. And he's like, this kid, this is so-and-so. And he went so-and-so. And this is so His story was just this incredible story. His, his office was an incredible story of his coaching career. And I was just like, I'm, I got to do this. And so when you come to my office, that's what it's been. Like every year of coaching, it's a couple pictures added. And it's just like the best. And my wife happens to be a photographer. You'll, you know, did your, these are her things behind me. So like we have access to being able to get some just really high quality prints made or I'll get them made on an italic, like italic prints made, italic, metallic prints made. They turn out amazing. So I'll pick like one or two great pictures a year that I think kind of tell the story of that year, you know, and that's going to add up. And so like the other half of my office right now is mostly blank, not mostly, but it's still a lot of blank wall. And, um, I like that. That's intentional because I, I feel like I feel strongly that my story is not over. Like my mm-hmm. not over. Like there's, that's the next 25 years. I got to have room for them. Um, but I, I've I've found a lot of excitement about that. And, and just like it, you have to enjoy. I said it last night on my live stream is that the, the realization that I'm this lowercase G, that I'm really not anything special. You know, 10 years ago, I think I thought oh, I really am going to be this really special coach. And now 10 years later, I'm like, actually, there's nothing special about me. Like I might be subpar in a lot of ways. So now what? Right. And so I've just tried to learn how to celebrate just the, the like 
people will tell you the process of it, the, the journey of it, that, that this is my story. It might not be anything special. Um, but to me it is right. Like that, that, that's my story. These are my guys on, on my wall. And I've tried to really enjoy that. You know, so like, I think guys don't really scrapbook. So I bought a big old, um, canvas at Hobby Lobby and some Mod Podge. It's called Mod Podge. Comes in a little container. Got a Hobby Lobby too. And I took all the old newspaper articles and I Mod Podge those things on there. And so now you've got this, it looks like this this collage is very haphazard of newspaper articles of my teams and stuff like that. And now I can hang it up, right? Rather than it sitting in some book and it, Mm -hmm. It's been cool. I really enjoy some of that. And I've, and if there's anything I try to encourage guys is like, just have a spot where you just kind of celebrate your story because that was honestly, again, once you realize that you're nothing special, you're like, okay, what do I have now? (laughs) So I think you have to take pride in just the, just the journey of it all that, that maybe your life, if told just your life, it's probably an inter- pretty interesting story, right? And you might be the only person that ever really listens to your own story, but you got to at least enjoy your own story. Well, if you enjoy it, who cares what everybody else thinks? Hey, absolutely. Absolutely. I know when I go to my office right now, I get a really good feeling when I walk in. Like It, ma- it makes me feel good. It's like, hey, I've been a part of some really special things. I've uh, met some incredible people. And, you know, you see all those things when you look at those pictures. I, I just really push guys to print pictures out of your of your staff. And, got you know, I got pictures of guys hugging when we finally made the playoffs at Central, right? They had been so bad uh, for so many years. So, like, so many things that were celebratory moments, celebratory moments that are really, really special and were cool to be a part of. I don't ever want to forget them. Like, because honestly, it's what it makes it worth it. Because you got to answer angry emails and angry phone calls and, those things are hard to get through and they make you lose sleep and you want to quit. And those things are hard. So you've got to embrace all the little, the little golden nuggets of, of coaching and being a part of it that no one else can have, right? Like no one else has to deal with angry parents. We do, but no one else also has the the thrill of a big win. Like you can't buy that. That's a, a real thrill that you had to go through a lot of suck to get to. Mm-hmm. It's funny you said I'm getting back into reading books, whatever whatever it is. I'm reading The Energy Bus right now. Mm. Right before I did this, one of those things was focus on positives, and this is what it comes. So it's funny you said that. If you focus on the good things, you could lose a football game, but something good came out of it. Now, as a coach, we don't think of it that way right away. But if you reflect on it, it's good. Find the positives, and it just continues to go up. And I realized that when I was I'm getting older – I read that today. So it's funny you said that. It was like you were meant to say that to me because I read it today during my lunch hour. I was like, oh, this, this makes sense. It's true, man. I mean, that's the, this stuff's powerful. I read that book. My AD back at Central made us read it. We all read it together. That was some really good stuff in there. I invested in some books. I got that, the 80-20 principle. I've got this. I've got this. I got some John Wooden books I got. I went on a spree. I, I waited till I was going to do it at the beginning of quarantine. The Netflix was easier to get to <laughs> put on the COVID-19 when you're sitting there. And oh yeah. So I'm reading these books now because I need some positivity. There's no basketball. We may not have football. I don't even know. Hey guys, are you like me that during the stay at home orders and not be able to go anywhere, allow those extra 19 pounds to be added to you while we sat at home and binge watch Netflix Instead of reading a book or going out and exercising as much with these gyms being closed, have you wondered how, you know, you see people taking these supplements and exactly know which supplements are the best to take, which supplements are going to give you that extra edge of maybe losing a couple of the weight that we've put on, um, or when you just want to get to the gym, do you just need things to help make your life a little bit easier? Well, the great supplement company that does all these things for you is Redcon One. Redcon One um, is a mission-based company founded on the simple principle to create the highest quality supplements for people who train, for people that need to be at their best, and for people that need to go dominate their workouts or create supplements that help them go dominate their everyday life and their workday. Redcon One is the fastest growing supplement company. They were the 2019 brand of the year for Vitamin Shop. Stack 3D brand of the year. Trusted brand for supplement reviews. Shield and Excellence Brand of the Year in 2018. 
they have everything, guys. They have um, pre-workouts with your caffeinated to help get the blood flow. They have pre-workouts that help you get the pump at the gym. They have meal replacement bars when you're on the go and you need your protein and you cannot make breakfast. You need a quick, healthy snack where you weren't able to go to the grocery store. The meal replacement bars are amazing. You want a good shake instead of using the protein powders. They have meal replacement powders with different flavors. They also do have your isolate proteins and your whey proteins. They also have fat burner pills and they have fat burner drinks. I am not this big bodybuilder, but to help replace maybe all the coffee, the double tap fat burners do have a little bit of kick, but it's great to have it first thing in the morning and go take the dog on a walk or go walk on the treadmill to help with burning fat cells. And they're delicious. It's very easy to wake up, mix the powder and go. It's very delicious. They have everything. They have great apparel. They have great supplements. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. Okay. They have a ton of stuff for everybody. Everybody. Redcon One was based at the highest state of readiness. So again, that's made for Navy SEALs, bodybuilders, a soccer mom that needs to go be at the highest state of readiness. This is made for everybody. So what I need you guys to do is click on the link in the episode description. At checkout, use the code T20. Stephen KU for 20% off your order. That's again, when you check out, use the link. When you go check out, use T20, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, capital KU for 20% off. Now, let's say you click the link, you get on there, and there's this daily deal going on with 35% off your order if you use this code for the next hour. That's great. If you still use the link, when you check out, there will be a box that says, what tier operator referred you? If you could please put in S-T-E-P-H-E-N space K-U-C-H-E-F-S-K-I at the checkout. Still help you get that discount. So please use the link, use the code, go get some supplements, and let's get this quarantine weight off together. What's going on? And so, all right, I know you got to leave. So my last question, who should be hired at Vanderbilt or South Carolina? Jeez. I never know, man. You know, I, was, I asked, I put a tweet out. I was just asking, does Vanderbilt have some big time old alum? Because, you know, at, I feel like Northwestern and Vanderbilt are similar, but Northwestern lucked out when they found Fitzgerald, right? I mean, Fitzgerald is doing an incredible job there. He loves that program. I think you've got to find a guy that loves the program. And I feel like Vandy's going to have to find a guy and just stick with him for a while. Like, like what? What do you like? Just you got to find a guy that loves the program. I don't know what else to say. Um, I do agree with the people that are saying you got to find somebody that's willing to do something different. And Neil Matalolo had said something about it too. Like if you do the same thing as everybody else, but lesser talent, what <laughs> what reason do you have to think that's going to be successful? Right? Like I mean, they're playing the SEC. I think they they should do something different. Hire somebody that's willing to do something different. Like it's hard. It's hard to do something different. You're going to take a lot of heat for it. So who's tough enough? So I don't know. I don't even know who's still interested in coaching, right? Like if it was just me, Nate Allball, and I just get to pick a name out of the air, I'd say, give me Paul Johnson, man. I think he's incredible. And I think he's still young enough to do it and obviously has a ton of experience and has experience running a a not popular offense at a big time school. So that's who I'd go get. Um, Although Munkin looks like a good choice. but there's a lot of other good coaches that I don't even know who they are, right? Like when the guy at Arkansas got hired, the O-line coach, mm-hmm. um, I can't remember his name uh, right now. Pittman? Yeah. Like I didn't know who that was. But once I got to know him a little bit and started listening to him, I'm like, I think Arkansas made a really good hire here, right? Tom mm-hmm. Allen. Who the heck knew who Tom Allen was before he got hired in Indiana? I didn't know who the heck he was. But Indiana struck gold, you know? Yeah. So it's like – Surely the right guy is someone I'm not even thinking about, right? Like I'm not connected in the college world at all. So I don't know, but it's got to be someone who has some sort of vested interest in the area. And where are they? Na- Knoxville? Nashville. Nashville, I think. Nashville. They're in Nashville. Um, right? Yeah, because Knoxville is, is UT. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're in Nashville. Somebody's got some sort of connection with Nashville or Vanderbilt as a whole. I think that's got to be right. Now, South Carolina, I don't know. They'll probably just hire the next sexy name, 
right? Because South Carolina, after Spurrier's been there, they got a little money. And uh, I think they're going to want a sexy name. So when you take give me some big-time name school that just wants some sexy name, I don't know. Fill in the blank. Like, pick a sexy name and fill in the blank. I don't know. Are they going to do the job? I don't think. Who knows? They're probably good coaches. I don't doubt them. But they just want a name. So they're going to go out and find somebody famous. Uh, Harbaugh. I don't, I don't know that anybody's interested in Harbaugh, but uh, somebody famous for South Carolina. But I don't care about South Carolina. I, I kind of, you know, if they fail miserably here, no skin off my back. I'm kind of rooting for Vanderbilt, though. Like I said, it comes back to my time at Milford. Like I'm, a, I'm a really big underdog fan. I don't know what it is about me. Really big underdog fan. Thing that's smoking Jay Cutler. He went there. Hey, him. That's and, and Jay Cutler is an odd duck. So he yeah. might be the right guy. Like let Jay do whatever he wants. He clearly knows the game, but he's an odd duck. He might be tough enough to do it. Look at his Instagram. He's very yeah. he's hunting for his, whoever was killing his chicken. Seeing that hunting thing was hilarious. I saw an article on that. Yeah, I think Jay Cutler, whether he's coached or not, might not be a bad idea. Or Maybe you just take the leap and go get Deion Sanders. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, funny thing about Jay Cutler, when he got divorced, his wife wanted it, like some of his money to pay for a house. He froze his bank accounts and said, get a job. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, one of those moves where the video freezes and the sunglasses come down on, the, on him and goes da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> one of those moments. No, I'm on the bus for Munkin. I got convinced. I was like, all right, give Munkin a job. Munkin's a dude. I, you know, I don't know. If I'm Munkin, do I leave Army for Vanderbilt? I don't know. I mean, if the money's that much bigger, maybe. But, man, Munkin's got a good thing going. Or just find get people to be quiet and say, I'm going to go to a Power Five. And I don't know. Um, the Munkins here in Illinois are very competitive, so I wouldn't put I, it past him. The whole Munkin family, they're incredible. And, and Munkin's done a great job at Army. But I also think a guy like Munkin, like you, you know, like it's not like it's going to be easy to win at Vanderbilt. Look at your scan schedule every year. So, you know, if you, unless you're a glutton for punishment. But I think Vanderbilt's not too worried about winning. They just need a culture. So maybe that's why you bring in Munkin, who can do that. Yeah, but if you're then, going ten and one, do you really want to go lose? That's true. Maybe he can they might be okay with it, but are you okay with it? Because whether your bosses are okay with it or not, you don't sleep any better after a loss. Well, like Bill, I know Bill from Charleston. He lives down there, and I know the whole Munkins. They're up here too, and but they want to win, so that's a good point. They need to win. Yep. <laughs> that's why Matt went back to Bolingbrook as OC, I think. So he's like, oh, okay. have you seen their turf real oh, quick? Yeah. It's oh, BA, man. I had a coach on here that's Black coaching turf. there. I had a coach on here. He's there. And I asked him about it. He goes, I said, is it hotter? He goes, no, it's flip-flopped. So a turf, you know, is green and has the black tires. There's just flip-flopped. It's black with green. Oh, okay. and, uh, green beads. So it's not as hot. And I said, okay, okay. And that coach does not spend money on his coaches. Like the, he goes, here's one shirt. Here you go. <laughs> the money goes back to the kids. Whatever money he would use is for the kids. So they have like three or four jerseys. They get whatever they need. I love it. He goes, as long as you buy a black hoodie and a red hoodie, I don't care if it's blank. I don't care what you look like. It's not about us. It's about the kids. And that's why every Saturday you see their head coach tweet about this kid's at this division one, this kid's at this division one, and this mm -hmm. and that. And they're not too happy I'm going to Nequa. Nequa pulls kids from Bolingbrook. So that's another thing about these suburbs is Nequa Valley pulls from Naperville, Aurora, and Bolingbrook. Mm-hmm. And then you got Naperville North right down the road here, Naperville Central right over there. They don't need to know I'm going to Nequa. They're all packed in there. I drive right by Naperville North all the time. Nice school. They I almost coach track there. Okay. All right. Well, I took I went over five o'clock. I apologize. That's all right, coach. Well, coach, thanks for coming on. Guys, go check out his live stream. I think it's tonight. Whenever this releases, I don't know. It's almost every night. Twelve days of streaming for Christmas, whatever you got going on. Christmas. You always got to find a cute name. 12 streams of Christmas. Monday through Thursday, 8 p.m. Go check it out. Uh, go check out Chief Pigskin. Get a pass. It's worth it. Great coaches, great stuff. Coach Alba works really hard. You work really hard on that stuff. But you get to travel, too, so I guess you get it's something fun. out of it. It's fun. 
Which I appreciate you so much for taking this time on my lonely podcast. Maybe this is the one that shoots it through the roof. We'll find right. out. Right. Oh, man. Thanks for having me, Coach Steve. Yep. Everybody out there, stay safe, and we'll see you next time. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.